Well, in a um, a change uh, to the normal format, I'm delighted to say that for the opening this week, I'm joined by a very special guest who's giggling, uh, the one and only Claire Page. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want me to say? Well, I want you to confirm you've never listened to this. You have no idea what this thing is about, do you? I can confirm that. Yes. In, later on in this show, in this very show that I've already recorded and that unbeknownst to Joe, I'm now adding this introduction to. Yes. Yes. Okay. I give a very bad explanation of the peak end thing. So I'm recording this bit to try and, you know, get you to explain it. Okay. Tell me, what is the peak end thing? What is it? What is it about? The peak end theory is uh, from Daniel Kahneman, um, who wrote in Thinking Fast and Slow, that basically people remember the peak um, of an experience, the most intense experience, um, and the end. And and he proved that from various experiments and, and discount um, the duration of the experience, the, the moment by moment part of it so in other words we could have a long experience of it could be pleasurable or it could be painful so it could be like a long illness or it could be it could be like going on holiday but mostly we remember those two things how what what it was like at its most intense that's it and how it ended yes yes let me put it another way it's like this show people will only remember the peak this moment me being on and the end so you might as well not bother with all the rest it's been lovely having you on. <laughs> I can confirm. Do come again. <laughs> Welcome everyone to episode 77 of the Mid-Faith Crisis podcast. My name is Nick Page and they're sniggering at me is Joe Davis. <laughs> You're so unworthy. Hi, hello. Hello. Great, great to I be am back. unworthy. <laughs> so, here we are. Here I, we are. I have a very clean patio. Thank Is you. that a euphemism? No, it's, it's extraordinary. No. I had no idea it was so colourful until the man just cleaned it, which is why we're starting late, because he was being very noisy. So were you being pressure washed? I was being pressure washed, yes. Ah, yeah, yeah. okay. But he's that got tends a, to work. Yeah, he's got a much, a much bigger pressure hose than I have. That <laughs> See? was a euphemism. <laughs> <laughs> and so he did a much better job of it. Well, <laughs> so there, there you go. Are. Anyway. Well, let's move on. Shall we? <laughs> yes. <laughs> let's get, should we get the notices out of the way? Yes. Well, ladies and gentlemen, dear, dear listeners, if we are only one week away from the fabulous and first Mid-Faith Crisis book club, where we are looking at none other than The Badly Behaved Bible by Nick Page. Mm. One of my favourite books of the year, got to say. Not the favourite, Nick. Uh, no, no, thank you. No, so I'm just saying. Uh, so, uh, so, Thanks um, for clarifying. No, that. so means, means listen, folks, two things to say on that. One, if you've got any questions coming out of Chapter 1, uh, which we're going to be looking at, next week um send them in ahead of time i can uh, grill nick mercilessly or if you just got comments on it anything are we looking at chapter one or the introduction and in chapter one? Ooh, okay yes have you because, thought this through no actually i was thinking about that just today you did say some great stuff in the intro which i don't want to miss so we're going to do the introduction and in chapter one uh, introduction and chapter one okay. yeah okay all right i give you that i'll Good have to point. reread it it's 
<laughs> can't well, remember a word of it. Get Claire to read it to you at night as a little bedtime no, story. No, Claire doesn't read my book. I was going to say, has she read it? No, I knew not. the answer before I'd even said it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, uh, so there's that. Two, you may be thinking, hmm, I'd like to grab a few friends together uh, to uh, talk about it and maybe even to listen to the podcast. So if you do want to do that, um, we are oh, put together a little sheet, um, as you do, uh, <laughs> and it's it's available. That gag's going to run and run. We are going to use that somehow. Download yeah. our sheet, uh, and you can do <laughs> you can do that uh, on our website, I assume. Maybe yes, I'll we make it available the on, the, on the website. Put it on Facebook. Who knows? Yeah, well, you can make a put a link, can't you? Yeah, you know, that kind right. of things. Who you? knows? Yes, and. And finally, thank you so much to those people who give to the podcast, uh, giving us a bit more time to spend on it time by time. Uh, we, if you if you want to give to us, it's great. I always we feel bad about it because we're British. I mean, there are so many noble causes to give to. Why would anyone give to our humble podcast? But yeah. if you do feel like it. Um, you just find yourself, you know, you, you just think, oh, I've got so much money. I simply don't know what to do with it. <laughs> yeah. Um, please send some our way. You can donate through PayPal on our website. We would we really appreciate it. Thanks to you. Some people give £2 a month. Some people give £5 a month. You you help give a, a poor writer a home this Christmas. Thank you. Thank you. God, bless, <laughs> God bless us all, everyone. <laughs> so that concludes... The notices. Very I good. Very good. Um, so let's move on to more congenial things. How's your week been? What have you been doing? Well, do you know what? I last week I met up with some people I haven't seen for twenty four years because they were on a frontline team and I was loosely speaking an Oasis frontline coordinator. At least that was my title. Uh, I'm not sure I ever coordinated anything, not even my clothing, <laughs> to be fair. Um, but that said, it was wonderful to meet them and their family. So hello, Mark and Helen and Ewan and Catherine. I think Ewan and Catherine being their children might win youngest listeners to the podcast. Oh, okay. um, so assuming they do listen to it, they may just be forced to by their parents in a car. I don't know. Uh, but you and let me know uh, if you do listen to it of oh, your own nice. free volition. Nice reconnect. Well, it was great, and also mm. they uh, they would love us to come up Nottingham way and do a mid faith crisis event. Uh, yeah, in Nottingham, we should, um, get about a bit more. Yes, we sh- should. We would people like that? You know, maybe you could write in and let us know. That would be useful because sometimes we do think maybe we should go and do an event. Mm. And the, last no last no the day before yesterday. I saw our old boss and dear friend Steve Chalk. Oh. Ah, the old silver fox. He's looking good. Is he? Is yeah. He, what's he doing with himself these days? Well, he. Uh, I think Oasis have just been given the borstal in the Medway Towns to run, oh, uh, which oh. is extraordinary. I mean, when I lived in the Medway Towns growing up, that had the worst reputation in the world. And, of course, after the Panorama and the Group 4 fiasco, uh, I think it got closed down. Didn't it? Anyway, they, they're, they're going to be running it. Wow. They're pretty oh. serious about inclusion and, yeah. you know, you know, all that. Right. Very inspiring. And he's written his book, of course, The Lost Message of Paul, and that's getting some plaudits. Mm. I mean, obviously, it's, it's not the badly behaved Bible, but, you know, give the young guy a chance. That's what well, I say. Well, we, we split up for musical differences, obviously. He's gone, <laughs> he's gone in his artistic direction. I've gone in mine. Some of us chose a purer path. He just yeah. chose to serve humanity on a greater scale than I bothered. Yes, exactly right. <laughs> so that was all good. And then there was some sport on Sunday, but I don't oh, want to man. talk about that yet because, no. A, my heart genuinely can't take it, uh, that level 
of mm. excitement. And I think we're going to say something. But like, yeah, how, are, how are you? What's it? been going on in your well, world? Well, I'm going to talk about it a bit because it's been a bit um, up and down. Well, yeah. mainly down. Yeah. Well, not really down. But uh, anyway, no, I'm quite tired. I'm I'm behind with everything. And we've got the decorators in at the moment. So What? Uh, so the house is in complete turmoil because... We had to clear rooms and things like that. So yeah. everything p- feels a bit like that at the moment. Everything feels is a bit it, out of. That's place, a metaphor really. for your life. It is. I'm. I'm being repainted. <laughs> and and I need it's quite a lot to... of. I need quite a lot of filler. Yes, because you've been neglected for a number of <laughs> because years. I, I, because I'm old and neglected. <laughs> That is a metaphor for life. That is how I feel, actually. We'll talk about that. Okay. Yeah, but apart from that, no, the week's just gone, and I don't know really where it's gone, but... um, Well, look, I'll be supremely high energy, you be supremely low energy. There's a change. Uh, Pretty much like normal. Okay, Mm. right, can we move on? Yes, Uh, yes. Okay, so um, uh, just a couple of emails. Uh, One from Pete, who says this, Hi, Nick. Nick. He's 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 written to me, but he starts it high, Nick. OK, that yeah. hurt a little bit. Uh, he says, I just wanted to apologise for costing you at the carnival at the weekend. Ah, this yeah. is the great Ensham carnival, isn't it? He says, I've been listening to your podcast since pretty much the beginning after Tim Munging recommended you and just wanted to thank you for all that you've put into the episodes. As many have said, it has been so reassuring finding out that it is not just me. Uh, having been open with others at church, there are now a number of others who are regularly listening, including the curate. So hello <laughs> to the are. good people at, uh, well, Pete's church. Whatever church that is. There's yes, no need to apologise for coming and saying hello to me. Um, you know, no. it's fine. Was no, nice you could apologise for writing to me and saying hi, Nick. Though. I mean, well, that's, that's just, I think, that's just I think me. people understand that your role in this relationship is very much my PA. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so my, my secretary. <laughs> yes, your slave. Lady. Yeah, no. Okay, well, right. That. Moving swiftly on. Mm. Um Lisa, uh, a really nice... Uh, I'm not going to read all of Lisa's thing. Thank you so much, Lisa, for writing in. She mm. says, Hi, Joe and Nick. I was introduced to your podcast by the lovely Julie Page, Nick's sister-in-law. Oh, uh, a year ago, she said, I started listening while I was on holiday in Wales. I have to admit to only hearing a few as I kept falling asleep. She says, I'm yeah. not being rude about the contents of your podcast. I wasn't very well. Uh, don't worry, Lisa. It's a well-established uh, yes. pattern that we send people to sleep. So we that's do. Fine. Yeah. It's, a, it's an honour. Uh, She says, I'm presently on holiday in Hampshire and have binge listened. Today was fantastic because I was listening to the one about taking time out in nature. I sat on a bench in a park overlooking the Solent and marvelled at God's amazing creation uh, while watching the Isle of Wight ferries and hearing the waves lapping on the shore. So that was great. And then she went on to talk about quite a difficult episode in her life and and forgiveness and all those sort of things. And then she, she said this at the end, which I thought sort of leads us into where we want to go today. She says, I often ask God, is this it? Several people in church have told me they know God has great plans for me, but nothing has changed. We have over 150 people in the congregation, yet I still feel so incredibly lonely. I'm sure God didn't put me on this planet to be alone. If he did, I would be happy with my life. And then she says, thank you for the podcast. They've made me laugh and cry, but mainly laugh. And they are very thought provoking. So thank you. Um, And you are part of this community, Lisa. That's for sure. Yes. Yes. Thank you for that. Um... So, yeah. Uh, we, I love the honesty of the email. Thank you for that. Uh, which leads us into, um, well, what you want to talk about? Well, here's the thing. I mean, that uh, last um, email, yeah. you know, people do live with, uh, 
you know, a lot of pain in their lives and, yeah. and, and stories that they are told about their lives. Either they're told, you know, God has a plan for you or whatever. Or, yeah. Uh, or stories more often that they tell themselves. And I think I've been painfully aware in the last week particularly, but really over the last couple of weeks, of, of the sort of narratives that I tell mm. myself. And I just wanted to talk a bit about that, mm. uh, really. And, and it came to a sort of head... Funnily enough, in the Cricket World Cup final. Oh, well, in two events, in two sporting this. events yeah, that I want to yeah. talk about. Okay. So, yeah. firstly, firstly, the Cricket World Cup final. So, so we ought to explain for our, yeah. our uh, colonial cousins. It, yes. Cricket is a game uh, <laughs> invented by God and given uh, to the English as the chosen nation to spread throughout the world to other chosen <laughs> nations. So, not everybody plays it. Uh it is it is a holy game because they play in generally in all white and uh, the headquarters is a place called Lords so that proves that one. There, um, exactly. <laughs> and it's been there's been a cricket World Cup which is a uh, sort of one day internationals and they're fifty overs. Yeah. Anyway, it's quite complicated, but it's a very very big competition. You know, big global audience yeah. in places yeah. like India and Australia and, and South Africa and places like that. Yeah, unlike our friends in America, when we say it's a World Cup, it actually means other nations. Take <laughs> yeah. part in it. Yeah, that is that is it's true. It's not like yes. a World Series. No, no, no. Yeah. That's that's absolutely true. So, um, and uh, anyway, Inga, it was a very, very tight match, uh, as people know. It was yeah. really on the edge for most of the game. Oh, yeah. And um, right towards the end, one of our players got out, and mm. I thought that was it. Yeah, that was it. I, I thought it was going to fail. Me and I, too. I walked through to where my my beloved wife was, as usual, ignoring. <laughs> the most important event happening on the planet because yes. it was about sport um, and and I said to her and I said to her this I said it's all we're going to lose I said it's always the same with England we get through but we never win yeah. we never succeed you know we're just mm. going to fail again mm. good good outlook yeah yeah positive and Nick a few overs later <laughs> yeah. about six balls later we yeah. tied the game taken it into an extra and eventually of course we won yeah in the most bizarre and Typically English fashion, the way that you know, yeah, happened. But it may, but, but you see, that's why I bought into. I bought into this yeah. failure, narrative of failure. Now, I just would quickly tell you another thing that happened a few days earlier. I play squash every week yeah. uh, with a, a friend of ours and a friend of the podcast, Steve, and yeah. uh, I was playing really well, and I lost. And for some reason, it really ground me down. And I just thought, this, this again, this is my life. I'm just a failure. I never win anything. And I'm, it, I'm laughing, but I, I can actually you know see I you are being serious. You know what? I was quite serious about it. No, I, I, I can quite, see and that, And yeah. I'm not really a bad no. loser in that no, no, no. way. But I, no, no I we've had felt... a lot of practice. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. And, well, exactly, because I'm such a failure. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and it uh, just made me work. I think that is a key narrative. What we do is we look at our lives... Yeah. We decide our lives are one thing and then we fit the events into that narrative to suit that narrative. Yeah. And it becomes a sort of self-fulfilling yeah. prophecy. And it's it's well, yeah. And it's a lonely old place to be because you've got to be very careful who you say this stuff to because the worst thing is someone trying to cheer you up. Oh yeah. Yeah, but look at your lovely children and look yeah, at look yeah, at your great yeah. life and look at yeah, look at the absolutely. fact you've got a roof over your head and look yes. at your you know, yes. and it's like 
Please shut up. Thank you. <laughs> now I'm depressed and guilty. Yes, Thank you exactly. for that, for and, that and I wonderful that guilt well. trip you've just sent me on. <laughs> yeah, I get that as well, because obviously yeah. some of my work is, is to do with persecuted Christians who have a terrible yeah. lot. You know, some yeah. are terrible. And, I, and then, yeah. you know, you, you think to yourself, well, at least, at least I'm not in jail. At least I'm not shut up in a <laughs> yeah. shipping container yeah. and never try. But then you think it doesn't really. Help, oh, does that's it? even worse, isn't it? Because I'm I'm feeling this bad, and I haven't yeah. got that to, to you know. I haven't got even yeah, got that excuse. Exactly. Yeah. But of course, um, loneliness or or, yeah. or feelings of failure or unhappiness expands to fill the, the space available for it in our, in our lives, and um, yeah. and, and as I said, we then just sort of look around for confirmation of that. So if we think we've you know, being abandoned or we think that, um, you know, nobody loves us or we're going to find yeah. things that re- reinforce that and is in, it, in our lives. C- can I just ask you, is there hmm. a pattern to this? I mean, like, do you come down after you've just had a book released or do you, do you know, is there a, a sort of like a letting go when you've invested a lot of energy in something and you don't know um, the outcome? There or... were certain triggers for it, I think. Yeah. Um I mean, I, I, that uh, reason. One of the reasons I was reflecting on it was exactly your challenge with me last week about you know th- that I don't like people praising the book because I think it's yeah. a failure. You know, I think every book is a failure oh, that I do right. because, and that's because all, all, all I can see is the bits that didn't work and the bits that missed out. I don't yeah. really get a perspective on it, and um, yeah. and yeah, and so I feel. Um, I don't, I don't, you know, I mean, I can rationalise it. I don't think they are that bad. You know, I think no, some of them no. are quite good and they seem to be yeah. helpful. But the, yeah. but, but that doesn't necessarily push those. No, it doesn't. Feelings out. Stop the uh, happy chemicals being released in your brain somehow. No, you know, and, um, you know, and we, I think also we have different things that uh, make us anxious and trigger that off. And, and these can be symbols of it. And for me, one of, one of my big things is, as you know, is my car. When when the car oh, goes yeah. wrong, I hate cars really. When the yeah, car goes yeah. wrong, and the car's been really playing up, and and then you go, oh well, that's typical, isn't it? I can't even buy a decent car. You know, I can't make yeah. that. T- everybody else has a car, and of course, everybody no, else has a car everyone that's else going well. No, of course, everyone else doesn't. But yeah, yeah. I was talking to Claire about it. And she was yeah. she's she's been um, doing this course, and she said, what you're doing is something um, called I think it's called the peak end. Uh, syndrome or peak end mean and now what it is i'm trying to explain it yeah so i'm trying to explain it what they did was they um they did an experiment looking at how people remember things Mm. and what they what they worked out is people remember events such as experiences of chronic pain on two main things one the peak so the worst Mm. point of it or the highest Mm. intensity and two the ending so um, they did an experiment with, with people, and uh, I think I think it was to do with with pain relief or, or with operations right. or with chronic pain. And um, people who uh, had uh, like a, an abrupt end to it uh, mm. remembered it as being more painful than those who were whose pain eased gradually. Funnily enough, okay. Because and and what they think is we sort of set the ending. And we and that defines how we uh, remember oh. the event. Other people will explain this yeah. a bit, bit different, but we remember these two things: the peak experience and the end. And okay. and the, our problem is we never set the right ending. I think. So what I'm oh. thinking all the time is that squash game is the end. That's the end point. And at that point, I'm feeling a a oh. failure. And I've had this intense experience in it, and then I've lost. Right. And that's it. And that defines the story. I don't 
think, oh, hang on, there's another squash game yeah. next week, yeah. and I might win that one. And that you played really well in that and one. That, yeah, or, I yeah, played, yeah. or the previous yeah. one. Or, I don't. Yeah. I, I've defined it. I've set the end point at the wrong point. Ah, interesting. Yeah, makes sense. It, well, it, yeah, it made me think that. a lot about mid-faith crisis, because I think when we're in the mid-faith crisis, we've told ourselves a story then about, well, this is the end point. Yeah. This is, you know, it's all gone, and I'm yeah, going to be like this yeah, forever. Yeah, yeah. There's some but stuff it, there. But it's not the end point. Yeah. It's, and it's very hard to break out of that. Um, I've probably misremembered, you know, what that is, but I'll I'll, uh, I'll try and find a link to, to what yeah, it is. Yeah, you but, should. I sent but a I new think, book coming on there. Well, <laughs> no, not it's another good. failure. Um, <laughs> I think I think it's it's so. What I have to remind myself with the with things like the car is, you know, firstly, it, it, not to sort of slot them into that overall narrative because that narrative may not be right about myself. Mm. Uh, you know, well, I'm pretty mm. sure it isn't right about myself. So, it, it, the, yeah. what happens to the car is just dumb luck most of the time. Mm. It's nothing, you know, anything yeah. else. It's just one of those things. But you kind of, because humans are pattern-making animals, we're always trying to sense some kind of meaning yeah, exactly. in these things. Now, there may be a meaning in things, but it probably isn't what we think. But at, there's at, a high chance point. we found the wrong meaning. Yeah, yeah. we could have, <laughs> especially, really if we're, especially if we're trying to turn it into this negative yeah. thing. Yeah, exactly. And, of course, that's what counselling does, isn't it? It's It's challenging the meaning you've assigned to the events of your life rather than you know, the many different ways of interpreting yes, yes. things. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think one of the challenges I face is to place myself in a different narrative. And we've mm. talked about this quite a lot yeah. on the podcast. Um, you know, we we live actually in a narrative of grace and love. Yeah. And and of being cherished. That's a you know, and that's the one that I need to try and remember. Yeah. Not the narrative of, oh, Nick, you never do anything yeah. right. But those things go slow, don't they? I mean, you know, those negative narratives, they don't go. I mean, we all hope and, you know, and I've certainly gone to, you know, Christian conferences, you know, back in the day thinking I'm going to go to this conference. My yeah. life is going to be transformed overnight yeah. because someone's going to pray over me and they're going to say, I'll have a shandy and keys to my Sierra <laughs> and all that stuff. And, and do magic. they still do that? As well, I don't know. I don't know. I suppose they do. I Come and have a paracetamol. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, yeah, that was a common one. Let's just wait for an interpretation. <laughs> anyway, uh, so, um, so you know, and you'd, you'd think that's it, a magic, pre- that's what you dream yeah. of, doesn't it? A magic mm. panacea. God's going to come down, zap you, and all that wretched self-image is going to go and all those painful memories are going to go and all that thing, and you're just going to walk around on air for the rest of your life, transformed by the love of God. And that's what we all hope for. And I know there are often, you know, there are some exceptional times when that kind of thing does happen, I think. But it doesn't seem to be the norm by any set of circumstances. You you know, it's gradual and it's slow. And it's true that negative experiences, I mean, this is the... um, uh, neuro-linguistic programming NLP stuff, isn't it? That, you know, negative experiences are like Teflon. They stick in the brain mm. far mm. more than positive experiences mm. to. You mm. have to have five times the quantity of positive experiences to counter a negative one. So it's, I think that's what they say. So it's, it's, it's really difficult. These things shift, but they shift over time as they are replaced by the more 
powerful things and and thanks for talking about it because i know it's it's quite i mean we joke about it all the time and you know everything within what to say but yeah nick you really are a massive failure but <laughs> <laughs> of course well that is true <laughs> but but you know even if that were true which it isn't it's not the truest thing about any of us is it it's, it's you know we can all look at our mistakes and we can mm. all say oh there's a time i messed up so badly or there's a time i could have done so much better and and maybe some of those things are true maybe we could have done better at something maybe a book could have been a bit better mm. than the final edit that came out i bet i guess you always think that mm. but the truest thing about you is your beloved child of god the truest thing is we live and breathe in this in this extraordinary uh grace that is abundant now the only question is how do we how do we move all the things around Mm. reprioritize them because i'm sure a book can always be better i don't know i've never written one i don't plan to nick (laughs) so i'm sure there's a level at which you know there's a little bit of truth Mm. yeah Mm. that those two lines now i think about it could have been said slightly differently (laughs) But that book is absolutely fantastic. I mean, the first thing he says, that mm. book is absolutely fantastic. We would not be discussing it on the podcast if it wasn't. Um, but but how do you reprioritise so you go, you know, that event, that needs to be really low. That needs to come in at number 378 yeah, on yeah. the top on, yeah. in, in, in the latest chart. And number one needs to be, I'm a beloved child of God. Yeah, yeah. You know, this where I'm perfectly safe in the kingdom of God. Maybe that's number two. Uh, uh, number three you know my life is eternal in God yes, you, yeah. you, you know what I mean how do you switch it around so that those aren't just kind of platitudes and, and cliches but yeah. lived experiences and have you got an answer for that because I know there are times when I, I've had that priority right and life is fabulous yes yes but I have to say <laughs> They are far and few yeah, between, yeah. you know, mostly those those really true things about me, the truest things about who I am are much lower down the list. Yeah. How do we reorder them? Well, I I mean, I, this is what I'm thinking. It's what I'm struggling with. And I think uh, sometimes we in the uh, you're right. You're absolutely right about the, the clinginess of those narratives. I think that's what mm. the problem is, even though when you recognize they're wrong, even when you've. Um, been impacted or been really affected by a new narrative mm. that old one is so it's stuck to you like a barnacle yeah very very hard to get off yeah. like ivy i've got ivy yeah. on the back of my house i yeah. got and, and 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 it's it's an absolute oh, yeah. pig to shift yeah. yeah and i've cut it i've actually you know cut the root so it's yeah. all died but it's still there yeah it's hanging on now it looks yeah. even worse because it's dead <laughs> it's all brown and dead my whole house looks like something horrible as like this giant <laughs> pigeon has done something on it because it's just all covered in brown stuff at the back um and and they're like that um and and when we talk about for example people's views of god which we've talked about in the past and saying look you know you've got a view of god that is unhelpful here's yeah. here's a better view of god even i think in our lives when we sort of accept that better view of god the old yeah. one still has enormous power over us because yeah. that's a narrative that we've lived yeah. in for for a long time so I imagine, firstly, that's pretty slow. Mm. That actually, yeah, I think it is. That, you, that it's gonna. It takes a long time before the balance really shifts. Yeah. But that actually, the chinks of light, even so, are, are worth yeah. worth having. Yeah. Um, 
secondly, I think quite often it's an act of will. You know, I actually have to stop myself thinking in a certain way. Yeah, you've got to break the pattern. Yeah, yeah. And, and my friend who's a psychiatrist says that that's one of the things they teach people. They, 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 we, we think we're not in command of our thoughts, but in fact we can. We can actually say, no, I'm not going to think that. Yeah. And, and that's... That's a, that's a very advanced and important and mature skill, though, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, we're not taught think... that at school. No, and we should be we should be yeah. taught it in church actually because yeah. it's kind of how you might deal with sin. But anyway, yeah. um, you know we don't. So I have to, so it's an act of will for me to say that. And I think the other thing is is. You know, one of the things is to find those places of happiness, and and to really cherish the the activities that you, that give you Absolutely. that mindfulness, Absolutely. that take you out of that. I, um, I, I couldn't go. I mean, that that takes us back to an email I think we had last week. Someone saying about their experience of a thin place and saying, I don't know why I don't do it more often. Yeah. I'm, yeah. You know, I can't believe I don't make more time. Make time for it. Make time. Yeah. It's so important to your soul to do that. The other thing I. That, sorry, is it okay no, no, for no. me to interrupt you? Uh, it was just, I think, the now the place of an encouraging community. Absolutely. Because I think yeah. you can't yeah. always do it on your own. So I do, as I've said many times, I do think there's a place for therapy, for spiritual direction, for one-on-one stuff with people. But I just think to be in a positive community mm. of people who are going to speak life-affirming words to you, maybe even liturgy then at its best. Communion has actually changed for me. I, I think I like the act of communion more than I've ever liked it in my life. And part of it is it's that, regular reminder of grace Mm. it's not a reminder of what a failure i am which it used to be i have to say it was it was always oh you're so sinful come to god and beg for forgiveness and receive his forgiveness through this bread and wine i mean that was very much i don't know whether anyone even said that but for whatever reasons that's the message i got Mm. and that's Mm. how i used to view it now it's a celebration of grace it's that i'm i'm never apart from god you know Mm. christ is always with me um present with me and it's just taking that time communion becomes this mindful place of being aware of the presence of christ uh, among uh, us so, and is that so helped, i love that is, is that helped by the physicality of it as well that seems to me quite an yeah, important part I think of it, it is. To that yeah. that you're actually you know you're, you're doing something it out it's You've not something stuff. you're just thinking yeah. in your head there's a there's a exactly yeah of actions involved with it yeah yeah yeah, and I, so that's that's really what I've been thinking about. I think, I, you know, it's a bit of a downer to talk about it, but I think... Um, I, hey, I if people this, want positive podcasts, there are plenty of others to there are, to. There are, exactly, and they're, they're all rubbish. <laughs> they're all failures. Ours, <laughs> ours is a failure, but it's a good failure. It is. It's a high-quality failure. It's a world-class failure. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's just... It's a constant thing, isn't it? It's... Um, Discipleship is not just about sort of uh, getting up in the morning and, 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 and doing certain things and obeying certain rules. It's also about willpower, reminding yourself of certain things and, and yeah. consciously entering yeah. into a narrative where you, you, yeah. you view yourself differently and, and act yeah. in a different exactly. way. Um, exactly. And yeah. to be honest, I, I, I don't want to be a part of a community where people pretend to have all the answers and like they're walking their lives in some kind of mm. magical victory where they never feel down. They never do. You know what? Good for you if you are. Um, but I, my life's not like that. And <laughs> I, I'd rather be a part of 
honest struggling pilgrims who are yes who are honest enough to say you know i know all that stuff about god and i know how i'm meant to feel but i just feel rubbish yes and lonely and 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 somehow i think i've always found when people are that vulnerable and honest somehow god emerges in the midst of that Mm. pulls you through does that not i think that's how it works i think it does and i think that that's um yeah, I think that is the common experience. And of course, there you go. That's the peak end thing. Because we just, we yeah. get into that dark experience. We think this is the end bit. Yeah. Uh, but there is no end. You know, there's never yeah. a point where we can turn around and say, oh, this is my story. This is this is yeah. how it always goes. Yeah. Because it will always go on. And, uh, you know, yeah. I I can't say that it's going to be easy. And, I, I you know, I've prayed about my, my sort of anxiety mm. and all these kinds of feelings yeah. for a long time. They, I don't think they have been taken away. And I think one of the reasons is, it's partly because they're also part of the positive side of what I do. Exactly. You know that actually they yeah, they well, give me. Yeah, it's great to be able to see that. Yeah, you know I mm. often say to people who because I talk to quite a lot of guys and, and other people who have mm. anxiety and I say yeah. well, partly it's a function of imagination. If you've got a good imagination, you nearly always be worried about something because you can imagine how it's going to go wrong. <laughs> you know, and so you're telling yourself <laughs> That's these a really stories. Really good point. So you can either take away the imagination or you oh, can take away no. the anxiety, and I really don't want to take away the imagination. So yeah. I just have to learn how to manage that other bit and to and you know to give that narrative over to to God really. Yeah. Well, thank you. There I, we are. I I completely agree with you and I'd be I'd love to hear from people about this because do you think it's selling out the gospel to acknowledge your feelings of anxiety and loneliness? Um I I'd be interested to know or can you do you think actually the way through it is with brutal honesty? Hmm. Yeah. Send us send us an email. Let let me know what you're thinking about this stuff. And what email should they use? They should use Joe at midfaithcrisis.org. They should use that. They, they could visit... try Nick at midfaithcrisis, but they wouldn't get an answer because he's a failure at emails. As is a failure at emails. As, is, as... as so many things. No, he's a, no. It's just a, that's how the a split of responsibilities goes. Anyway, yes, um, so next week. Next week, well. Just to just to lift this whole thing up, uh, <laughs> we we are looking at the my favourite book of the year. That's it. I'm just I'm just going to call you it. Ju- like you it changed. Is. It wasn't earlier in the. Podcast. No, no. I've just promoted it, it. I know. Oh, well, yeah. you know. I was trying to think. What book do I prefer? And also, hey, look at this book. Yeah, I got that. Oh, yeah. uh, Pil- Pilgrim at Tinker Creek. Yeah, yeah I know. That's how you. That's how you influence me. I am that's an what influencer. you do, Nick. You are I'm an, an influencer. influencer. I think they're called. Yeah. anyway so we'll see you next week um with the introduction and chapter one yes of the badly behaved bible and i think it's going to be i think it's going to be a real a really good little road trip together i hope so yeah i should be interested to find out what i wrote (laughs) indeed yes hey mate thank you for saying all those things i think that's really helpful really important no no it's it's honest and it's great that's what we want all right Lovely to talk to you and uh, we'll be back next week. See you next week.